1: We're sponsored this week by the blog Can't Quit Food. You can quit a lot, but you can't quit food. Check it out at Can'tQuitFood.com. That's all one word, Can'tQuitFood.com. And learn how one woman, who I happen to be married to, uh, lost over 150 pounds and kept it off long term by ditching diets in favor of a sustainable lifestyle change. Again, that's Can'tQuitFood.com. All right, ready for our Ask the Politics Guys question this week, Jay? I sure am, yes. All right. Well, it comes from Kevin in Idaho Idaho Falls, Idaho. Kevin writes, I love your podcast. It's great to hear different opinions discussed respectfully. I've heard many people say they support Trump over Clinton because of the Supreme Court nomination. How important should the open seat be? Uh, Is its importance being overvalued? What are the chances the next president will be able to nominate multiple judges? Shouldn't judges be unbiased in their interpretations of the law instead of conservative or liberal leaning? So, okay, there are actually, I think, three related questions here and all of them really good ones. Question one, how important should the open seat be and is its importance being overvalued? That's kind of a combo question, right? Question two, what are the chances the next president will be able to nominate multiple judges? And question three, shouldn't judges be unbiased in their interpretation of the law instead of conservative or liberal leaning? So why don't we just take these questions one at a time, if that's good, Jay? Okay. Okay, so yeah. question uh, – Kevin's first question. How important should the open seat be and is its importance being overvalued? What do you think? Well, how important
0: should it be? Uh, in the perfect world, it should be not that important at all. Uh, but I think the world we live in, um, it it is – extremely important I, I i don't think it's being overvalued because uh we've sort of existed uh with this five four or sort of four four one in the middle um uh, sort of situation for the last uh, you know two decades more or less uh and and i so i think this this uh has the potential to really change that particularly because the the space that's being uh filled was that of uh, Antonin Scalia, uh, who was was very much decidedly the leader of the, the conservatives um, uh, on the court. So, so I do think it's a it's a big deal. Uh, it's it's not just somebody who is maybe can go either either way. Uh, it's it's replacing probably the the most um, uh, consistently uh, conservative view on the court, uh, and it, it could very well be uh, uh, replaced by by you know. That, that successor chosen by Hillary Clinton, assuming that uh, a lame duck Senate doesn't take up uh, Obama's nominee, but that's another question. So,
1: Right. Do, do you think that's going to happen? I mean, if Clinton, of course, now I should, I w- I should point out before, before you answer, I should point out that uh, you know, this show comes out on Wednesday, though we recorded on Sunday. We and don't know so, who won. Yeah. No, we do not know who won, but we, we both seem to be reasonably confident that Hillary Clinton won. So maybe there'll be egg on our faces. I don't know. But let's, let's, let's say for the sake of argument that Hillary Clinton wins. Uh, and so do you think that the Senate, uh, the lame duck Senate takes up the, the Garland nomination? Um, I would. Well, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I well, think, you're you're a rational no, guy, so you know. Yeah, I don't know. No, that.
0: I mean, I, I think that would be the the better move because I I don't think. Look, as as um, as ideologues go, my sense is that Garland. Look, he's he's certainly left of Scalia, but but who isn't? Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, uh, but uh, I I don't think he is. He's not a Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, either. So, uh, I I think that that they the Republicans might be better off saying look better the devil we know uh and and taking up uh, garland um but i don't know i i i, I doubt it maybe it's just a it, it's again one of those funny game theories maybe they think that uh they're better off uh letting hillary uh either renominate garland which might be a different situation uh or or pick someone even further to the left uh i think i doubt hillary would would do that um would do what I don't know. Think about this. You, you pick somebody who's further to the left, and then you send them to the Senate, uh, knowing that that person can't get confirmed, and then maybe just have a, a backup uh, in in in, uh, in reserve. I don't know.
1: Well, okay, uh, I see what you're um, saying. I think well, here, I think this is what's going to happen. I think Clinton's going to win. Of course, I, I've said that. I think the Senate's going to be 50-50 and I think what's going to happen is Clinton's going to nominate someone further to the left in Garland. Uh, The Republicans are going to filibuster that nomination. Then the Democrats, after a while, are going to change the filibuster rules. The Republicans are going to freak out. And then Clinton, the the Supreme Court, the the ninth Supreme Court justice is going to be further left than Merrick Garland. I think that's what's going to happen. I think it's pretty much inevitable. Republicans, a number of Republicans have indicated that they have about zero interest in confirming a a Democratic nominee. And so the rules are going to change. And everyone's going to scream about how awful that is because my God, we wouldn't want majority rule instead of supermajority rule. I think it's a long overdue change. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a, a big help. I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to a five uh, five member majority uh, liberal court taking up Citizens United and some other cases. And so I, I think it's I think it's going to be a good thing. And I agree with you in the sense that uh, the, the open seat is hugely important. And I don't think – in th- anything, I think its importance is being undervalued by the general public because they don't really understand, I think, a lot of how some of these fundamental decisions are – may be revisited and are going to have a huge impact on American life.
0: Uh, you know, I would say how, – how about this? Here's an interesting hypothetical. Uh, say the Democrats take the Senate. What do you do with Merrick Garland?
1: I think you – I think uh, his nomination gets withdrawn and you let Hillary Clinton not – I mean Hillary Clinton nominate somebody who's further to the left. I think I, – I, I don't see Garland. But isn't that I, – I, I know. I understand. But isn't that exactly
0: the, the argument that Republicans have been making for the last six months, nine months, um, uh, that, uh, uh, that it ought to be the new president who picks the uh, Supreme Court justice – Uh, rather than than President Obama.
1: Well, yeah, but if President Obama withdraws the Garland nomination, which he certainly is within his rights to do, allowing – So I think that would be more likely, not that they wouldn't, because of course the the Senate that would take it up would still be the Republican Senate. So I think it's in the Republicans – the the balls in the Republicans' court here. And uh, while I think that from a policy standpoint, the thing that would make the most sense would be for them to – take up the Garland nomination because they're going to be happier with him than they are with anyone Clinton nominates. I think in the end, they're not going to do that because they, they've decided that they need to take this strong stance because they're worried about their short term, how this is going to look for them as opposed to what's in the best sure. policy interests yeah. of the country. And that's you know unfortunate, but again, that's politics. Um, okay. The second question, what are the chances the next president will be able to nominate multiple judges?
0: I'm um, pretty good.
1: I would say so too. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm- again, especially if
0: if the next president is a democrat. Uh uh there are many older justices who uh given the opportunity um will uh, will step down and uh be a new I shouldn't say democrat judges democrat appointed uh justices. Um so yeah, and and look, everybody's getting older. Uh and uh
1: let me be a little more specific about that. Right now...
0: You've got the... You probably have all the numbers in front I of you. I do yes. have
1: all the numbers in front of me. Justice Ginsburg right now is 83. Justice Kennedy is 80. Justice Breyer is 78. Meaning that at the end of four years, we're talking about 87 for Ginsburg, 84 for Kennedy, and 82 for Breyer. So that's that's getting up there. So I think in addition to the Scalia appointment, there's going to be at least one more, possibly two. I don't think either of these... Whoever wins, this person's going to be a two term president. But let's just project forward. At the end of eight years, Ginsburg would be 91, Kennedy would be 88, and Breyer would be 86. So I think we're certainly looking at multiple appointments to the court. And that's, you know, I think that's a, a big deal. But what I think is an even a bigger deal, or in a sense, uh, well, it's a big deal that people aren't thinking about so much, is the effect that a president has on reshaping the federal, overall federal court system. Uh, let me explain a little bit. Right now, there are about uh, 856 judge positions in the federal court system, including the Supreme Court. Okay. President Obama has appointed 320 judges. That's 37% of all the judges in the system are Obama appointees. Now, in his eight years before Obama, President Bush appointed around 39%. In his eight years before that, President Clinton appointed 44 percent, and in his four years, uh, the first President Bush, the good Bush, appointed 22 percent. So this is not – I mean most cases, of course, never get to the Supreme Court, and so the ability to reshape the judiciary, even in the short term, even if you're only a one-term president, you have a big impact, but if you can be a two-term president – that's a huge change, and I think that you know that's something that we really haven't talked about a whole lot. But it hasn't really been on the on the radar of a lot of people. But to me, that's hugely important. What do you think, Jay?
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, I, again, I think it's a shame that that it is. Uh, uh, ideally, a, you know, again, perfect world as the founders imagined it. Uh, I, I don't think that you know the. That that would have made that much of a difference. The idea would just would have been qualifications, um, uh, but you know the other thing to consider, of course, is is the vast, vast, vast majority of all the cases that come into the federal courts have nothing to do with the contentious type issues right. that you know. Good point. And and even you know a lot of the most of the decisions that the Supreme Court makes aren't these contentious uh, uh, gay marriage. Uh, uh, Citizens United, uh, either either big social constitutional issues. A lot of it's just just interpreting statutes. Uh, a lot of it's you know to to most people boring regulatory stuff. Mm-hmm. It matters very much to the industries it affects, uh, but it it doesn't catch the headlines. Um, and and it's that's even more so, and, and particularly in the lower courts. Uh, so much is is criminal. Uh, but you know, you know fifty to you know probably seventy percent. But.
1: But I think the lower courts so are even I, I, more important than they used to be because the Supreme Court is taking fewer cases than it used to take. And I think that elevates the importance of these decisions because they're even less likely to make their way. Sure. And, the, the
0: federal district courts, yeah, yeah. The, the federal district courts, less uh, – or, or for the, of the federal appellate courts have become more mm-hmm. important.
1: And so whoever is um, the next president, there's yeah, so. a good chance now uh, – I, I would expect that whoever's the next president, uh, that they're going to get uh, they're going to get fewer appointees through because there's going to be more gridlock as we talked about on the, even more gridlock. Hard to believe, as we talked about on the show on Sunday. But still, I think uh, that the next president, who I again think is going to be a one termer, probably will end up appointing you know maybe twenty percent, fifteen twenty percent of all the federal judges by the time that they are done in office at the end of their first term and that's you know that's not nothing so yeah. uh, uh and then finally yeah. there's and, there, and there's typically there's typi-
0: oh, sorry go, go, ahead. Ahead. No,
1: go ahead there's typically you were
0: saying i, I was going to say there's typically less less gridlock um in terms of 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 the appellate court and uh, certainly yeah. district court judges uh just because they're they're much less controversial it's it's not the big big position rarely you will see uh, maybe some sort of uh, fight over uh, uh, appellate uh, court judges and a lot of times these are sort of done as like sort of package deals yeah. where you sort of uh, confirm a whole bunch at the same time
1: yeah I, I think uh, that's gonna change a little bit for the worse unfortunately but uh, but we will we will see um you know and the third question you you kind of uh, alluded to this a little bit you said it's it's really uh, uh it should be qualifications more than anything else. And I think this kind of plays in a little bit to, to Kevin's third question is, shouldn't judges be unbiased in their interpretation of the law instead of conservative or liberal leaning? And I'm sure you have a position on this, Jay. And what is it? I, I got a,
0: I got a real big one on this. Um, well, again, to me, the conservative position is the unbiased. You're, you, you read it as it <laughs> as it says, uh, you know, take uh-huh. it as you see it. Yeah. Um, so, and, and look, I, I think we, we should acknowledge there's there are two fundamental different visions uh, of of how our constitutional system ought to work and the, what the court's role in that is. Um, the the more conservative version, uh, and even even using conservative and liberal, that's, those aren't really exactly the right labels that that ought to be used. But I, think I think that's the most conventional ones. Um, you, know, you know, liberals view a, a more expansive vision of the Constitution. They believe in this. Uh, sort of uh, nat- natural law that that uh, there are other rights that are not enumerated that uh, sort of uh, emanate uh, in the the penumbras of the the Constitution. Attack uh, that straw man, that's, Jay. That's not uh, that's that's not me. That no, that's that's uh, th- those are the words they used in uh, Roe versus Wade. That that's where they found this right. And uh, is you know they're finding sort of new social due process, substantive due process rights, um, uh, in areas that are well, sort of kind of close to, to other, uh, enumerated rights. Um, and, and the conservative view says, no, that's, if you want to create those type of, of, of new rights, uh, uh you do so legislatively. Uh, it's not for the court to, uh, decide, uh, here are some, some new constitutional rights we've just discovered. Um, to me, again, one of the, the big issues that uh, was decided recently on that was was gay marriage. Uh, the conservative position uh, voiced by Scalia was that whatever you think of, of gay marriage on the merits, uh, it's a decision that ought to be made by the states uh, and either state legislators uh, or through uh, state referendums uh, rather than uh, a couple unelected judges saying – we've decided uh we think this right is in the constitution uh and i would i would pretty m- much guarantee you, none of the, the founders were thinking about gay marriage uh, when uh, the Constitution was drafted. Well, that's not um, that.
1: That's not the. I mean, that's the Fourteenth Amendment, but still, are um, you know, I, I see what you're saying. Well, I, I
0: don't. I don't think they I don't think the drafters of the Fourteenth Amendment were thinking about it either. Sure, and, yeah. and you
1: know, I, I see what you're saying, but but again, and you know, you're, you're painting liberals out to be just these these crazy people who are inventing things. But and I'm going to push back kind of hard on this because I think you're wrong. I think reasonable I'm saying people. I'm saying no, here well, are the two.
0: Okay. Well, it you sounded like
1: yeah. you were saying there are these nutty liberals who find rights that don't really exist, and 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 I guess I'm going to respond to that by saying reasonable people can 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 differ in terms of how we should interpret this. Like, are we supposed to just go by the basic words? And certainly, that's the conservative view. Or are we supposed yes. to understand? Or are we supposed to understand what is uh, the uh, the meaning behind the words, the ideals behind the words? And that's another legitimate view. So, for instance, what is equal protection? To, who does equal protection of the laws uh, apply to? Is it just about minorities or not? Or does it have to do with sexual orientation? You know, reasonable people can disagree. So I don't think it's the case of Republicans or conservatives being cold hearted and not caring about gay people or anything like that i just I also don 't think it 's about liberals inventing rights out of whole cloth i think it 's a, a reasonable uh, difference in understanding of how you interpret a very ambiguous document and and you know that 's why I think that that kevin 's question is such a good one. You know a lot of people say well, why can 't people just be unbiased i think it 's because there 's no way to be unbiased with this it's the the job of the court is fundamentally uh, in some ways uh, a subjective interpretive sort of way and you have to take a side you have to make a decision on this it's not like the supreme court gets easy cases by the time they get to yeah. that point they're you know you can reasonably pretty much take either side and so it's it's always going to be biased it's always going to be uh there's no way of kind of mechanically well, I, I interpreting think, the I law
0: Bias is—I think bias is the, the wrong word. Uh, I think the the, the maybe the, the way to, to look at it—it's not so much that uh, a court is biased for one party versus another, but that no matter where you are um, as as a judge, as a as a you know lawyer, as as just a human being, you have certain uh, uh, a way that you view the world, and that's going to inform how you make decisions. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's different than saying I'm I'm biased. Well, I mean, it's it, more it, just the yeah you know, you know some people are, are wired a little a little different uh, and and come come at things from from different perspectives. And quite honestly, that's one of the reasons you have you have nine people on the Supreme, yeah Supreme Court and uh, you know three people on a, appellate panels. Um, so yeah, I think I, I
1: would say everybody agrees they ought to be un, unbiased. Um, See, that's where I disagree because Uh, I think bias has gotten uh, a bad – rap. Everyone's biased all the time on every issue and people just don't want to accept that, that idea that we can kind of in a a majestic way kind of float above this and sort of just make decisions based on the facts. I mean I think we should embrace bias and say it's inevitable and it's better instead of trying to pretend that we can be unbiased to accept that we are and do our best to understand the nature of our bias and where the other side is coming from and that's what I don't see uh that's what I don't see a lot of but one other point I wanted to make is you know we talk a lot about the court in terms of ideology and we've been doing a lot of that right now but and you've kind of brought this up a little bit there's also this idea of activism or not and certainly right. you can be liberal or conservative uh, I mean I'm I'm certainly liberal when it comes to this. I would like to see a lot more liberal uh, decisions from the court. But also, I'm uncomfortable with judicial activism, meaning that I think as a general rule, the court should defer to the democratically elected branches of government that make decisions. And so unless it's a pretty clear reason to change things they shouldn't change things and, be, and just because i think there're nine non-elected people and they should they should err on the side of letting the democratic process kind of work itself out and there are a lot of people on the left and the right who don't believe that at all they feel like the court should be their 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 you know instrument of justice in that sense right. and out i think home, that's very dangerous
0: Oriented, yes, justice exactly. And again, again, I think we're on we're on the same page with that. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's problematic. If if someone comes in, and maybe this is where I'm coming with the the, the, the term, term bias. Okay, uh, I, I have great problems with with you if you have a a justice uh, or any judge coming in with an agenda, yeah. uh, so to speak. That's Trinidad, that's. Yeah. To me, again, extremely problematic. Uh, I I would say I, I don't think the vast majority, vast vast majority of of, uh, of our jurists have have an agenda. I do think they 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 do what their best to, to call it like they see it and recognize their own internal internal uh, uh, predilections. But yeah, I, I again I'm, I'm I'm quibbling over the, the terminology. But I think sure. you're right. The the activism is is the problem. Uh, and and because the activism sort of betrays that there's an agenda of
1: yeah it's, it's like, not a matter of yeah.
0: here's what i think the constitution says it's here's so why i want this
1: to come out exactly and there were so many people who it seems like whenever someone's decrying an activist court it's never it's, it's always because the court did something they disagree with but you don't hear too many people saying well i really love that decision but it was really too activist i mean you and i might say that because you know we i said that about i said that about yeah. About, uh, gay that's what I said. You and I you know, would, would certainly say because right, okay. we, we have a fundamental agreement on the idea that the court should not be – or should be as restrained and I think should be as narrow in its rulings as possible. We're uncomfortable with that activism. Uh, where we differ obviously is the sort of uh, – on the ideological end where – what sort of decisions we would like to see. But, but in the end, I think that fundamental agreement is, is something that's important and unfortunately too many people don't see it that way I think. The way we see it, the right way to see it.
0: Well, it would be a much better world. You know, it it, it, it really um, would. (laughs) It really would. I keep telling people that. Um,
1: (laughs) No one listens. I don't know what the problem is. Yeah, I agree. So, well, I think that pretty much covers uh, all of – all three parts of that question that Kevin asked when you say Jay. I think so. Okay. To the best – we're
0: able. And there's there's plenty of other reading out there that, that you could do on, on this. So. Certainly.
1: My gosh, yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Ask the Politics Guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you have any questions for future episodes or just any thoughts, comments, criticisms, think we blew our answer or what have you, um, we'd love to hear from you. Our email is mail at com. You can also leave a voice message for us by calling our listener line at 408 840 one eight. And our Facebook page, where we post throughout the week, is facebookcom politicsguys. And we are also on Twitter at politicsguys. And if you're interested in helping the, keep the show going, uh, sharing and retweeting our new show posts and tweets, reviewing the show on iTunes really helps. And if you'd like to support the show financially, you can do that through the PayPal or Patreon links on our website. All right, we'll be back with a new show next Wednesday. We hope you'll join us.